Hello and welcome to episode 119 of our SAP on Azure video podcast. Today is November 18th and together with Robert and Goran, we are here to talk about anything related to SAP and Microsoft. Hello, everyone. Hi. Hi, guys. So one of our most watched episodes from the recent weeks was um, about an integration that we released between Azure Data Factory and SAP using the new um, CDC connector. Um, we got some really exciting, great feedback from um, or do, do, from customers during our public preview, and now we're actually GA. So we thought about having a quick update or getting a quick update from Ulrich um, on this again. But sure. before we hand over to him, um, let's, as always, take a look at the news from this week. And obviously, mm -hmm. it's um, SAP TechEd time. So uh, I guess mm -hmm. most of you have watched or have seen some of the mm -hmm. um, TechEd announcements. Um, everything is available for replay. Um, I mean, everything that was streamed. Obviously, um, SAP TechEd was also on site in, in Las Vegas. Not sure about um, the content that was presented there, whether it's also available online, but at least um, the keynote and lots of sessions um, are available online and you can just watch them like here on, on YouTube, the keynote um, on the first day, there, there was a keynote on the second day. So um, everything is there. Now, if you don't have time to watch all of this, um, there is the SAP TechEd News Guide 2022 and here, it basically in the, in this guide, um, similar like the book of news on the Microsoft side, it really yeah covers all the um, big announcements um, that were made during SAP TechEd. And I think one thing that stands out or that was very very prominent is this announcement of the new SAP Build um, low code solution, uh, which is basically a rebranding, um, putting everything together again from um, existing products. So. Um, AppGyver is part of this, um, SAP Process Automation, SAP um, Launchpad, and the SAP WorkZone. They're all um, rebranded slightly and um, now under a <coughs> new umbrella. So I think, let me, let me quickly actually see here if I find it. Well, no, I, I don't know. So, so they all start now with SAP Build um, Application Development or something like this, then SAP build um, process automation and SAP build um, work zone. Um, so so it's it's a nice suite coming together. I think you see a lot of similarities um, from the from the wording from the um, uh, sort of power. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. But uh, let, let's see where this is going. I, I think mm -hmm. um, if you are coming from the SAP side, if you are an SAP user, then um, yeah, let, let's see where this is going. Um, I, I still believe, obviously, that Power Platform has a um, has also a great um, way to integrate in SAP. I think we are we are coming more from the Office user, um, but yeah, let, let's see where this is going. I mean, on the one hand, competition is always good. On the other, um, a combination, um, personally, I think is also good. Um, we had uh, created a few <coughs> blog posts in the past on how to use. Um, uh, services from um, the Power Platform on the on the SAP side and vice versa. So, yeah, let's let's see where this is going. There there are a few other um, links and informations, but I also don't want to spend too much time. I just want to highlight one other blog post here from Jessica, and um, with all the links um, from the SAP TechEd opening keynote 22. So so basically from um, Jürgen Müller's keynote. Um, all the links uh, in, in one easy place to find. So I think 
that's also um, great to see. Good. Um, if we move on and take a look at these sessions um, from th th that had some Microsoft um, participations, um, there are also yeah quite a few <coughs> sessions actually um, uh, that were were done. I I have to admit I don't know all of them, but uh, I'm sure we, there is uh, one from from your side as well. The there was also one for my side. Yes, yes. That, that's what I know for sure. Um, <laughs> where, where we talked about also yes. the Teams integration. Yeah. Um, I think we also highlighted one session in in last week's episode on single sign-on from from Martin mm -hmm. Reple. I think that was also really great. That's that that was one that I actually also already watched. But yeah, you can see here this one, the single sign-on and yeah. principle propagation. So yeah, if you are um, <laughs> interested in this, then um, definitely also check this out. <clears throat> Now, along these lines, there was also um, a blog post from from Hirin on um, yeah, basically a consolidation, I would say, on on some of the announcements that we had made um, throughout the the last few months on our SAP and Microsoft integration. Um, obviously, the Teams integration, but then also some some customer quotes like what they've done recently with SAP on Azure, and then. Um, I think a lot of topics, um, Robert Goran, that that we also already talked about yeah, in our exactly, um, yeah. <clears throat> podcast. So, bro, some of the many many updates also a bit summarizing the context of the uh, SAP ticket. Yeah, just great. Yeah, I agree. So, so I think that that's a nice um, uh, summary of these these topics here. Yeah. Um, speaking of summaries and and looking back. Um, since there were also some mentioning during SAP TechEd on the integration with um, Office products, I, I also quickly wanted to highlight again that actually um, the Office integration has been around for literally 30 years. And, and that's, that's something yeah. that I actually looked up um, because we had, um, when, when the SAP GUI was released, or maybe it's 29, but uh, it, it's really, really close. At that time already, we started um, to integrate Excel into um, the SAP GUI, or that that you really had this interaction, and um, there's an SAP note seven two two five one three that outlines some of the things that that were still that are still available, and and that's even more interesting actually that a lot of these integrations that have been um, around for thirty years are still working. So so that 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 was one thing that I found really really interested. That, that started with that. Oli two and and then copy paste actually you know that to have exactly. option to copy paste between Office and and SAP GUI that was wow you know, in that time yeah <laughs> yeah <clears throat> so so that was really something cool but but obviously we have evolved a lot so if we if we look at um, SAP analytics um, or SAP analysis for Office is one thing where we have a nice Excel integration or the SAP analytics cloud integration into Excel is another scenario. And then um, speaking of Excel, there, there are so many projects um, where, where we really see SAP and Excel integrating. So there, there's a lot of things going on. We, we're constantly evolving this integration. And um, yeah, just last week we talked about the supply chain integration um, with Excel and machine learning um, that, that we talked about. So there's a lot of cool things happening. And I, I just wanted to have this this refresher, basically, that SAP and Microsoft <laughs> Office is something that is still around and has been around for a very, very long time. From the Holger's kitchen. Mm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so from, from Holger's kitchen, now switch to Goran's kitchen. To Goran, so, you know, there is an old proverb, who is talking about what the grandma about the cakes and Goran about the... <laughs> 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 yes. 
<laughs> and Holger about integration, you know. I thought maybe it would be an interesting Azure automation account is a past service. Um, I, I was using it, for example, for the start stop of the SAP mm -hmm. uh, and the VM as well. I mean, it's great, no maintenance. Interesting topic, the, uh, the GA feature that is support availability zones. So if you would mm -hmm. just basically swi switch to an, another, that's a deep dive uh, documentation, but basically it says it will distribute the traffic across the zones and if one zone goes down, uh, uh, it will seemingly take over in another zone. Um, you can also, there is a link to do a DR. I would say really a needed kind of feature, uh, generally for, for all the folks who would use um, 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 who, uh, where the, the availability of that past service is important, right? Mm -hmm. um, definitely improve. And even if you need a DR, I mean, there is already ability to do it, a disaster recovery for the uh, Azure Automation account. Mm -hmm. uh, there is a link below. Uh, people can use it as well, right? Um, mm -hmm. Maybe then, then the next one would be, I also find it interesting. I'm also a PowerShell fan, uh, so to say. Uh, so relatively recently, there is a new version 7.3, which is kind mm -hmm. of shipped. And if you go Holger just a bit down, um, they, they put here an uh, accent, uh, previous version 7.2, and here they just put an accent on kind of handling the native, both Windows and Linux commands. Uh, uh, passing the arguments, handling the error stuff, so to say. So oh, nice. maybe maybe not all people know, but PowerShell is also the core. The seven version is also uh, based on the .NET Core, which means mm -hmm. it runs also on a Linux, right? Okay. And uh, getting more and more integrated also on, on a different Linux parts. Um, they they were in certain areas also inspired from the uh linux world as well how they started but definitely they brought the whole powershell experience to another level default is working with the objects i mean if you use work with a, a cli interfaces linux or windows as well doesn't matter it's text. It's, it's a text it's an output it's a, i call it warmating if you need to parse it it's horrible you know and here the native is you handle with the object and that's really a, a beauty of the of the whole it's a shell plus the scripting as well so uh, just would love to warmly encourage people mm -hmm. to try it and 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 um, maybe also learn it because also in azure there is a lot of either powershell or the cli is a kind yeah. of tool to approach to handle it yeah oh, so cool. so nice update some uh, also uh, videos from uh, the Steve Lee, um, the PM who is handling the whole stuff in the Microsoft, so uh, on the PowerShell conference, so people can take a look. Yeah, cool. All right, so we go Great. next. Then from PowerShell now switching to Power Automate. I mean, not really related, just just the the, the first word. And um, we just announced the preview of uh, process mining capabilities in Power Automate. So um, if you want to detect what, what's happening, what, what's going on. If you want to find repetitive um, patterns or something like that, um, that you uh, your your users go through, or even if you want to uh, take a look at the SAP system and, and find these things, then we have now um, released in preview our process mining capabilities. So this is all based on an um, acquisition of Minute that, that we did um, yeah earlier this year. There it says, 
So if you want to try it out, I mean, the, the integration where we can really um, trace and identify mm -hmm. um, issues, then now it's in, in a preview, you can check it out and uh, yeah, see if you uh, can yeah, detect some of these bottlenecks and, and use Power Automate to, to fix this. So is the bottleneck inside the business processes or? Correct. Yes, okay, exactly. Okay. So so, okay. so let's say um, you, you keep this running and, and um, maybe you always open an email or you work through an Excel document or you do certain steps in your SAP system and then it mm -hmm. can detect these patterns and suggest, well, look, you could use an RPA bot to okay. automate these okay. steps or something okay. like that. Okay. That can be pretty nice. Good. So with this, um, Ulrich, we already had you on the show um, a few weeks ago. And as mentioned, um, I think this whole data integration topic is something that apparently is top of mind for a lot of customers to really yeah. um, integrate SAP data into the Microsoft world. Now, can you quickly introduce yourself again for those who have not maybe seen your, your first um, video, but then let's talk about the new GA mm -hmm. of the product. Yeah, thanks, Holger, for the introduction. So my name is Ulrich Christ. I'm a program manager in the ADF uh, PM team. And my area of expertise and, and what I focus on is basically the integration with SAP systems in, inside ADF. And of course, that applies to Synapse Analytics as well. Cool. So um, yeah, as you mentioned, I think last time we met was at some point in, in summer. I think it was around end of July. I, I remember I went on vacation directly after that. So must, must, have, been, <laughs> must have been late July. Um, and I think we were talking about the public preview, which we had just launched, and we were, we were looking at the at the state which we had at that point in time. So by now, since since basically mid of October, since Ignite, Microsoft Ignite, we are GA with this with this connector. So it's publicly available for all customers. We see a lot of traction there. It's fully supported. So if you have any issues, reach out to Microsoft support to get help. Um, and we'll get things fixed for you. Um, yeah, and it's 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 really exciting to work with a lot of big customers now on this topic. Also, see them create much much bigger scenarios, <laughs> much larger handle much larger data volumes than they have been handling before. It's really exciting to see this progress. That's actually a good point because um, one of the things I mean, it's always great if you get um, feedback via email or via LinkedIn or Twitter or something like that for our episodes. But um, there was one question actually from um, ah, let me quickly look up his name again after our last um episode there was uh, one question from mohammed sami um exactly like um apparently there 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 are some issues or there were some issues mm -hmm. with larger tables um and, and he was asking look um, this is working fine for for smaller tables but for large tables that's not really working yeah that's that's in fact something which we which we discovered if you remember or maybe if you watch the old um mm -hmm. the old recording again the the solution which we had in that phase um, consisted of two parts. It was a copy activity to offload the mm -hmm. data out of the SAP system into Azure Data Lake. And then uh, we had offered uh, data flow templates, which basically started a, a Spark process or a sequence of processes on Spark to process the data and write it into the sync or update the sync. Now, with these uh, data flow templates, we actually saw some issues, especially for, for very wide tables. So lots of columns, large columns, and, and you see that a lot of mess in, in, in SAP systems. Like if you think of an S4HANA system, AC.A is, is huge. Mm -hmm. It has hundreds of columns, I think like three, four hundred columns, depending on the version you have. And it's, I, I did a check in, in one of the systems we have, it's like five kilobytes per row, right? So that's, that's. Per row. Per row, yeah. That's huge. yeah. <laughs> 
I, I said kilobytes, right? So it's it's yeah. not, not megabytes, <laughs> not megabytes, but it's it's really just a single row, five kilobytes. And that's you see similar similar size in other in other SAP tables as well. And this was exactly the, the the pain point we had at that point in time. And from that we basically evolved the solution. And I can show you later in the in in my Synapse tenant how this looks like now. Um, we've also done some some other exciting changes. So basically, bringing all of this together, we when we went GA, we came up with something which is already like the the next version of the of the solution. We basically brought together the the copy activity and the and the data flow part into one experience, which makes everything much much nicer to handle, much easier to 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 mod, much easier to operate, much easier to monitor from one from from that perspective because it's really just one experience. Um, and we also solved this performance issue on the, on the way. So maybe Ooh. maybe let's let me share my screen and and show you some of the lessons learned. And that also motivates another aspect of why we did this. Uh, this enhancement and going away from the copy activity plus data flow templates um, to uh, the new solution, which mm -hmm. basically is based on mapping data flows only. So um, can you see my screen? Yes, yeah. Should work. So let me see if I can successfully use that presentation. Yes. yes. So here you go. Um, so this is a a very short summary of, of some of the lessons learned. It's certainly not everything we learned in the public preview, but one cent or a couple of very central aspects. So remember, I just said in the in the uh, in the in the original version we had the copy activity for the for the data extraction part. So that was basically uh, calling into the SAP system, reading the data out of there, and and uh, <laughs> writing it into into data lake. And that was actually working very very well with customers. It was simple to to set up customers were really happy about this simple process the, the way you have you, you you set up data feed is very simple you don't have to do any watermarking i mean that's well known uh, basically uh, 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 well known properties of the of the odp framework or features of the odp framework um, but all that basically turned out to, to work very well in our scenario as well stability was was very good also achieved pretty high throughputs. So on, mm -hmm. on that level, the throughput was was in in case of, of some customers really tremendous. Especially if you use partitioning, spread the, the chunk the the large data volumes in in multiple slices, which you could uh, execute in parallel, you could you could achieve um, really really good throughput. Uh, but that, that that's I would say I mean with the data quite critical feature because mm -hmm. they could have a huge amount of of the stuff. Oh, yes. right? So I mean, yeah. yeah. So by now we see customers working with billions of rows in, in their tables. Exactly. And they ma and they SAP, manage this. And SAP tables are huge. <laughs> yeah, especially, I mean, when you talk about your financial data or your sales orders, those tables yeah. get huge. Um, and this this part of the of the uh, of the path was already very, very fast in the in, in the original version with the copy activity. So we had had means to to really offload billions of rows in just a couple of hours. Um, the second part. That's what I mentioned. The part with the mapping data flow templates that was a little bit tricky, especially for these for these white tables. Now there was another aspect which was a bit tricky for for customers to understand, and that's um, the the copy activity basically fetches the raw data, the raw change data out of the SAP system. Um, and since this is change data capture data, basically each row comes with a with a marker which says whether it's an insert, an update, or a delete. So unlike a full load, you cannot just dump this anywhere. Yeah, you have to make sure that you 
interpret each row correctly and apply the change to the sink in, in the correct way. That was basically the task of the mapping data flow templates. And some customers really struggled to understand this combination. So they, they were happy with the copy part, but they struggled to understand uh, the mapping data flow part, right? And some of them also used the flexibility which we had to combine these two things to just use then try to figure out how to do the updates on their own. And, and we, we saw that customers really struggled with this. So it's, it's I mean, it's no rocket science, but it's something where you have to, to understand two things. You have to understand exactly what these uh, change mode fields in, in the, uh, or the change mode columns in the ODP change stream mean. <clears throat> you have to make sure that you keep the order of changes uh, correctly, right? Because there could be multiple changes to the same key, and you have to make sure that you process them in the right order. All of this, can become tricky, and we saw some customers struggle with this. That mm -hmm. was was one of the one of the feedbacks we got, and one of the the areas where which were where we thought, okay, we we need mm -hmm. to revise this and and work a little bit on this. And the other thing with the with the templates was, um, if you look back at the uh, at the old recording, I think I, I showed such a data flow template. It basically exposes all this standard logic, how to process the changes in the right order, how to do a deduplication. How to uh, apply the 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 update mode in the correct way? It exposes all this to the user, which, on one hand, is interesting, right? It's uh, it's nice to for, for the customer to understand what exactly has to be done, but it's also it's also tricky and it's it's kind of a, a source of error. We saw that a lot that customers just out of curiosity, curiosity maybe or maybe yeah because they didn't know better, they started tempering with these templates. Mm -hmm. And that eventually led to errors, which we which we had to analyze and fix. Therefore, we we thought, okay, maybe it's not such a good idea to expose all of that. Mm -hmm. So that's that's basically the the summary of of these two these <clears throat> two parts, these two lessons which we learned. So and I hope that these lessons learned were now implemented in the GA version. Yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> so let me let me show you what the GA version looks like. Um, so again, in, in ADF, you know that for the orchestration part, you always use pipelines. So everything starts with a pipeline, of course. But in the past, the pipeline, when you look at these templates, it consisted of one copy activity starting here, and then a data flow, which was based on the on the templates which we had provided. Mm -hmm. Now, the new version has only this, this data flow part. And in the data flow part, you basically <laughs> configure everything. You configure the source. The SAP source. So, so when you when when you go here, mm -hmm. um, basically this is a it's a trivial data flow which just takes the data out of SAP and writes it one to one into the sync, applies all the changes as they come from the source on the target side. So every insert will become an insert, every update will become an update on the target, and every delete will become a delete right away. If you if you don't want that, if you want more complex transformations, you have of course all the all the options and all the capabilities, all the functionalities of mapping data flows in between to massage the data, to manipulate the data, whatever mm -hmm. you need, right? So this is just the the simplest example you can possibly possibly build. This is like the hello world of data flows. Mm -hmm. um, now, when you look here, the configuration is is totally simple. So you basically define the the type of source which you want to use. So it's the SAP CDC in this in this case, and you define the linked service, which is the to the SAP source system. I'm not sure if we, yeah, maybe let's let's have a look at that. So here you basically see the the definition of or the, the connectivity uh, to the to the SAP source system, which is which is required. Um, and then in the source options, you basically specify the exact source 
object like a table or CDS view or extractor, whatever you want to, to tap into, right? So in this case, I'm using a CDS view and connecting to an S4HANA system. I created mm -hmm. a copy of one of the standard uh, sales orders, um, CDS views delivered by SAP. So that's a join of the sales order headers and, and items, VBAK and VBAP. Um, and then you can basically specify what kind of operation you want to do, whether you want to do um, a CDC process, that would be the, the first option here. So this gives you a full snapshot of the first run and then incremental changes since the first run and, and well, since the previous run. That's the first option here. Uh, second option would be just to do full runs, right? If you if you always want full snapshots, you could do that as well. And there's a third option which basically only subscribes for incremental changes and skips the initial load, the, mm -hmm. the, the full snapshot on the first run. That's very useful. For example, if you already have a uh, have the data acquired from another place, if you migrate from one platform to another platform, for example, and you already have the current snapshot in your old data warehouse, and you can just move it over to the new one. So basically, yeah, you, you move the, the old data and you only subscribe to the changes and apply those in the on the on the new system side, or it also allows you to start only with incremental changes and uh, defer this full load, which is typically very very long uh, yeah. long lasting and long running, to a later point in time. Right? So, so performance, it's very good here. I mean, of mm -hmm. course. Yeah. So that's basically the the options which you have here, and then depending on on what mode you're using, you have to specify the key columns. And that's basically all you do on the on the source side here. Um, mm -hmm. On the sync side, I'm using a, a delta table in in ADLS Gen 2, which well I, I like to work with recently because it's kind of a yeah a cheap and yeah kind of SQL like uh, uh, way of, of of storing the data. Right, you have SQL like capabilities on on on, the, on those delta tables, and still you don't need a, a full fledged database. You just do this in, mm. by by storing basically parquet files plus some some metadata in, in a data lake, which is which is a nice combination, especially for this raw data as it comes from from the SAP system, from the in, basically in the ingestion layer. I think that's that's a good choice. Yeah, and now basically, uh, yeah, we could we could try this out, run this. Do the do the initial load. So basically, uh, start this CDC process, do a change, uh, run the run the whole uh, whole thing again, and then basically see how how things evolve and how things work. Ulrich, just just to to, to recap quickly. So um, the, the 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 if if we compare this with the public um, preview version, um, this this step that you that you're showing us now, that was something where we had lots of different elements in between and and yeah. as you said some of the customers I, I guess i would have done the same they, they went in there they, they took a look at these these different steps right. they did some modifications by mistake probably um and then it, it it broke it now you have with these two simple steps everything is done you have still the full flexibility and even more important i can still do changes myself so i i could add now of course my specific step but we from a microsoft side we provide this now out of the box, so you're ready to go. There, there's almost nothing that you can break, um, but but you still can enhance it and, and and do your own integrations here. So if you if you look back at the the old recording, you you mm -hmm. would see like six or seven steps. I don't recall yep. the exact number. All of those steps we have technically hidden under this under this Perfect. solution. So we are, we are orchestrating uh, orchestrating things in a slightly different way. We're not using a, a data flow underneath this, but we're basically using direct calls of, of certain APIs for that. But basically mm -hmm. from a functional perspective, all of this is now covered by the by the source transformation. Mm -hmm. And uh, 
yeah, if if you if you recall the what this what this template looked like, it had a couple of steps, and the last step was always writing to the sync, of course, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and this is exactly what you see here. So we've basically condensed all the all the, all the front Function part front. into one thing, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, made things much easier to understand, <clears throat> less error prone, easier cool. to to operate, and and everything. Mm -hmm. So can you show us? Um, we can try. If it's I mean, working. Last time. Last time Remember the human factor? So yes. Let's, let's <laughs> see if I'm we start to pray? You know. <laughs> yeah, if you yeah, please, please. So don't There's worry, we, don't worry. We are recording. We can just speed up. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not about performance, to be honest. It's about things breaking, or typically, it's about me screwing up the demo by doing something different than I prepared earlier. So, um, yeah, I, I like to like to be a bit creative on this. So here you see, uh, first of all, you see that I've done some successful tests before. So <laughs> um, so things have worked just about uh, an, an, yeah, an hour ago or half an hour ago. So now this this pipeline run has actually started. Um, mm -hmm. We can we can probably see, let's, let's see how far we are. Um, yeah, so the data flow is running here. You basically see the, the, the monitoring part, so the source operator, the, the target in the in the ADF mm -hmm. or Synapse monitor. Now on the on the SAP side, there's also <laughs> a monitoring tool which which allows you to monitor the extraction. And I guess by now we should see some footprint there. Yeah, you see you see one line in this monitor which basically says, okay, there was one request, which means uh, mm -hmm. the, the, the Synapse side called into the SAP system to to deliver the data. You actually see um, some details on the data uh, uh, as well. So you see that we we expect to transfer 290,000 rows. So it's not a huge mm -hmm. data set. I actually used something which, which we can handle while talking, right? Um, when you dive a little bit deeper, yeah, you can already see here this this check here means that the the load is confirmed, which means that the synapse site has successfully loaded the data already. Mm -hmm. So we should should basically fairly soon be be finished on this side as well. And yes, as you see uh, as you see here, mm -hmm. uh, basically the processing here has has succeeded, right? So so this data flow has now looked at all that data. Mm -hmm. Maybe let's. Yeah, I was thinking of, but that would basically screw up my demo because I didn't clean up the table beforehand. So we could look into <laughs> the table now, but we would see we would not see this this uh, line count. I did not clean up the the delta table as a target. So these two hundred nineteen thousand records would have just been appended to the existing mm -hmm. data. So doing the you know the the standard select count star to verify that we see the yep. right amount of data would actually we would see more again human factor sorry sorry Holger there's always an issue when I do my demos but anyway <laughs> we see that this data flow has run successfully right and and I think data flow monitoring let's let's look into the data flow monitor uh, to really verify what we see here yeah here you see exactly the same numbers right you see mm -hmm. two hundred ninety thousand twenty one records. And of course, on the sync side, you see the same, right? Because that's we actually also really cool that, that we really have um, a view right. on the on the mm -hmm. Microsoft side, that we have the view on the SAP side. So, so yeah. um, we we can really see if if I screwed up um, the configuration on the Microsoft side, I can probably see this because I would see okay, everything is fine on the SAP side. Yes. If there's an issue on the SAP side, maybe I did a configuration issue there, then I would probably see this also on the SAP side. So also from yeah. a Support and troubleshoot point of view. I think that this, this separation really is, is is very very valuable, especially I mean if you if you encounter real issues with your data, for example, you can you can even use this monitoring tool to 
directly dive into the, the actual data. Right, yes. So here you see that the data was delivered in eight packages of mm -hmm. like 24,000 rows or 27,000 rows each coming to this total, right? And if you if you find some some issues with, with some records or something, something's not, not as expected, you can even here dive deeper and really look at the individual records. Oh, really great. And yeah. then you can, <laughs> can basically compare this with what you see on your target site or in the staging area, which we have in between, and basically analyze where the error occurred, right? Mm. Cool, yeah. So that's that's very, very useful. So, and, and, and the separation also makes it very clear and very easy to see on which side you actually have to look for the error, yep. right? Yeah. So we have like good and, and reliable tooling on the SAP side, and we also have the, the tooling on our side so that you can see, okay, up to here it's correct, here it's failing, so you know on which side you have to look. Yeah, yeah, but that's cool, and it's it's you can clearly see that this is used by a lot of different products to to really connect to the to the um to the data on the SAP side there, and yeah. there is great tooling there to support it on the SAP side as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's really a cool framework, of course. So now let's let's do a change and see uh, see what happens with that change. Um, I like to change this sales order, and I typically adjust the the order quantity here. Tell me your favorite number, Holger. 17. 17. Okay, maybe like primes? Yes, of course. Okay. All right, so we've saved that. Let's run the pipeline again and see how many records it fetches. Right. So going back to my <clears throat> pipeline again, I mm -hmm. run the trigger again. Um, and while we're talking, here you see, oh, sorry, it's a bit too slow. Here you see the next run of the of the pipeline. Mm -hmm. um, takes a bit until we call into the SAP system. That's basically a little bit of overhead, which we have due to the Spark processing and the, the orchestration on that side. That's, by the way, also something which we're working on to get to get this a little bit smoother. Uh, when um, you're talking, mm -hmm. okay, you trigger that manually. Yes. Yes, sure, sorry. Is there a way that some kind of event? Yes, yeah, there, there are many ways. I mean, typically, mm -hmm. as a, so one of the standard ways of, of running your pipelines is to schedule them on a periodic basis. So basically, if you maybe let's go back before we discuss this. So a, a trigger is an is an object or an entity on its own uh, in in Azure Data Factory or in Synapse, right? So you can define triggers based on on multiple things you can trigger uh, you can have manual triggers you can have triggers which uh, come with a periodic schedule you can also use events to raise uh, raise uh, or, or to, to trigger such a such a data flow or such a pipeline there are many many ways mm -hmm. okay yeah. and you triggered it manually now but, but in, a, in a production environment exactly you in a production probably have it scheduled like every hour or 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 right. every 15 minutes or whatever whatever right yeah yeah so okay. And but, when you have the delta, I mean, generally it should be a smaller amounts to be transferred, for example, if they happen. In, yeah. In most cases, yes. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. as you see here, I mean, on on the SAP side, we now saw while we were talking, we already saw the footprint of this of this uh, second run, right? So it it basically created one unit, so basically just one data package mm -hmm. as opposed to to the eight data packages which we saw first. It change it it shows six rows, which is a bit surprising maybe because we only changed one. Um, one item, but what we see is basically that the full sales order with all its items oh, okay. was, was transferred, right? Mm -hmm. okay. Oh, okay. And if we look here, we should 
probably also see the 17 at some point. Let me, let me see this. Here's your 17. 17. Yeah. And then if you, if you scroll back to the beginning, we could also see the updates so, so that it was exactly all identified here. as an update operation. Exactly. Yeah. So if we went for a delete, we could also have deleted one of those mm -hmm. uh, items. Then one of them would be marked by a D, right? For, okay, for deletion. Cool. Right. And and on the on the Assure side, let's check. Yeah, the pipeline has also executed successfully. And let's look in, into the monitoring here. Um, yeah, it says six rows written on the on the sink. Ah, cool. Yes. If it writes six rows, it probably also reads six rows. Um, yeah, on the source side, it also says six rows. And here you have some 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 performance information. Like it took twenty seconds to fetch the data from the SAP site and write it into the into into the staging area from which Spark then picks it up. I did not explain how the processing works exactly. That's something which we can. Uh, maybe tackle at a different point in time, but we basically still work in two stages. First, mm -hmm. fetching the data from SAP, writing it into a staging area, and then the Spark engine picks it up and do, does all the transformations with it and writes it in, and applies the changes to the to the sync. So this first part into the staging area took 20 seconds, and the second part apparently took eight seconds in this case. Okay, I mean six records is is yeah yeah. Not, not what you what you use for performance measurements. There's of course also always, as I said, a little bit of overhead around it, but we've seen tremendous throughputs. Like we we can certainly process hundreds of millions of records in in on the Spark side in in less than an hour. So I've seen I've seen throughputs of yeah, I would say something like 15 million plus. Um, transformed on the Spark side in 30 to 40 minutes. And yeah, that really, also, you can also scale this, right? You can scale the the, the cluster or the, the size of your Spark cluster according to your needs. So by that, you can basically always make sure that you get to, to decent run times. And what are you saying? So so we really have customers that already do this with this high workload yeah. um, that really use um, the CDC connector in production to, to replicate the data. Yeah, so the end-to-end -end process, of course, depends on a lot of a lot mm -hmm. of components. The SAP system forces to be able to provide the data at that at the level. Then we have this this proxy self-hosted integration runtime in between in between, which basically communicates with the SAP system and uh, writes the data into the staging area. This also needs the sizing of this component is important. And the third part is basically the sizing of your Spark cluster, which runs or which which executes the the transformation part here and applies the changes to the sync. That's basically the third com uh, the third component which requires uh, appropriate scaling and and contributes to the to the overall end to end performance. Cool. Yeah, I mean, since nice. you have the the possibility to scale things independently, you can always tune for the performance you need, right? Mm -hmm. okay. Especially when it comes to you know, for the initial loads, you probably need larger, larger scale for the delta loads, as as you just said, around. You can probably reduce the uh, the sizes and, and and save some costs. You have all this flexibility. That's that's basically the beauty of a of a, of a cloud service, right? Yeah, and you have all those monitoring data details. Okay, how many, how what time it took, yeah. so you can then use it to to tune it. Exactly. Monitoring yeah. is still something which we're working on. So this is not yet perfect we still have some some customer requirements to enhance this also make it a little bit more real time um, so that you get a better insight while a long running process is running 
you know, if for example, if this extraction on the first in the first part takes a few hours, you you want to see what, yeah. what, what progress you've made so far. That's something which we're currently adding. There we are uh, still 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 working, but yeah. We, okay, we, cool. On a good way, I think. Nice. And the numbers we see, as I said, both from an adoption perspective, from a customer demand perspective, and also from a performance perspective, they are really excellent. That sounds really good. That sounds good. And it, it's great. I mean, I, I guess you and, and, and the team are working very closely with at least some of the customers. I think in the yeah. meantime, um, the number is is not that you, I think in the in the preview, in the private preview, you were working one-on-one -on -one with a lot of customers. Yeah. But I think in the meantime, the number of customers far exceeded your capabilities to work with all of them, but definitely still working closely with some of them. Cool. Of course. I mean, especially the, the larger ones, where we can also learn how to tune things and, yeah, and where yeah. we still have some some issues. Some issues you also only see when you run like these these billion uh, uh, rows loads. We actually encountered a couple of issues which we had not seen in our own tests, which went up to like okay. a, few, a few hundred millions, mm -hmm. or 100 mm -hmm. million, 120 million, um, and we saw some some instabilities which which were very very subtle only when when looking to these large scenarios. Right. Interesting. That's, so by GA, we basically uh, got had gotten rid of most of those. But yeah, I mean, as always, I mean, it's yeah. we know how software works, right? You mm. you think you're perfect, but of mm. course, you know you never are. Uh, only one question. So, for example, if I have a scenario where I want to synchronize two tables from from backend, yeah, mm -hmm. and those tables are somehow related to each other, so I want to uh, to have the same snapshot at the same very same time. So I don't want signal one and then second. So I want to really have the sync in the same time for both tables. Can I do that? So if you if you really want to go down to like transactional consistency, yeah, that's that's very hard to achieve. Okay. That's typically not what you achieve. And the, the truth is, for analytic purposes, that's typically also not needed. You need yeah, this consistency. For yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, you need such a consistency, for example, for high availability scenarios, right? Mm -hmm. You basically mm -hmm. want to mirror your database. Mm -hmm. But in these analytic scenarios, uh, that's typically, typically not required. And it's very, very hard to achieve. Okay. I don't think, I mean, there, there are tools to basically read the database logs mm -hmm. of, the, of the underlying source system. On that level, of course, you have the information about mm. transactions, and you know what a transaction is, and you you can you can you can do that. But all tools, which typically, and, and that's what we're doing as well, we are connecting via the application layer to also mm. fetch the valuable uh, knowledge built into the application layer on SAP side. Right? There's much more logic happening on the on the application layer, which is which is not, yeah. not which you can't see on the on the database. Mm. Um, those tools typically lose this this transaction context. Okay. Thank you. Perfect. Okay, cool. Good. I think that that was a really great overview of the latest functionalities or now the GA um, version of um, the new SAP CDC <laughs> connector. Yeah. Um, it's not so new, actually, again. Um, we, we already Always. have a lot of customers on this, so yeah. I think that's really great. But um, maybe, Ulrich, yeah, once you have the next big release or the back, back sure. um, the next <laughs> big um, features that are introduced, maybe we can have you back on the show to talk a little about this as well. Anytime. I mean, this was the simplest scenario you can imagine. Like how you how you scale this for large data volumes, we did not talk about. We just said mm -hmm, mm -hmm. we can do it. That's functionality, which I didn't go into today, but that's something which of course we can. Maybe next time, perfect. Sure. sure, always save some something for the next time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And this time the demo worked, so that's good. Yes. Yeah. 
apart from the fact that I should have deleted my delta table beforehand so that I could actually really have given you a look into this input of the target data. But we'll do that next time. And I was praying as well. So that, <laughs> that helps. <laughs> I sometimes do think it's proper my, God. <laughs> it's my name that helps, but my name is, is not good enough, I think. <laughs> All right. Okay, okay, great. Thank you Thanks so much. Enough. See you next well, thanks time. Thanks for having me. Okay. Bye bye. Bye bye. bye. bye, -bye. bye, -bye.